Greetings, pod listeners. I've decided not to try suicide. And the number after 38 is 39. Thank you for tuning in to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. Once a week, we gather to discuss our fact-based opinions on random songs from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss, Kevin. Seaside Pod Review. Well, I don't know. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Hey, I guess we're going to do some podcasting here tonight. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Iqaluit, Bradley, in Nunavut, in northern Canada. What the hell are you doing up there, man? Well, it's, it's for work, you know. It's just a thing. I've got to be up here and I've got to do it. Okay, so I, it turns out, Randy, that I didn't get eaten by a polar bear. I was quite lucky, and I'm still in Iqaluit. Um, up here, just 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 shy of the uh, of the Arctic Circle, I'm very much enjoying it. But I, I thought I'd maybe I'd jump online and test out the. Uh, we'll, we'll strain the hotel's internet connection to see if we can get online and, and talk about these Twitter comments. Hey Kev, I would, if I were you, I would not look behind you because there is a very large white polar bear right behind you. His name's Jeff. He's had a couple of drinks. He's all right. He's fine. He'll be oh, all right. He'll, oh, he'll oh, sleep it off. He'll be fine. <laughs> It's just Jeff. He just had one too many northern IPAs. You know what they're like. You know the you know, polar bears, right? They can't hold the liquor. Well, why don't we just uh, why don't we just get right out of here? Because I, I see you're drinking water, mm-hmm. and uh, that's I, not good. I've got myself a nice little milk. I've got myself a nice little milk stout here. So uh, why don't we just jump right in and see what people are thinking about what song do we have last week, Kev? We had Delilah. Of course. My, my, my. Well, first off, though, what was the what was the poll result, Randy? Because we, we it was a it was a very um a very active poll this week. It was our biggest poll to date by some measure, and I think maybe because Delilah splits the room, not quite evenly. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, we had one hundred votes on Twitter, and we had uh, well, we had twenty eight at a champion, and we had seventy two at biting the dust and uh, that's where you and I sat. And yeah. so uh, I guess mostly people agreed with us, but you know, 30% still thought that it was uh, the champion. And I, I just think, you know, we will get into the comments, but I think some of that's some of it's sentimentality really. Right. So I think so. I think uh, here, this is what our buddy Ben here says. He says, in my opinion, this song or this belongs to the very worst queen songs. I uh, <clears throat> wouldn't know what's good about it. Even Freddie's voice is depressing, not to mention the lyrics and the poor production. So, yeah, Ben's on our side. And then we got uh, in the lap of the pods, those uh, those naughty Glaswegian fellas say in capital letters, champion. And then they go and say, you can't, or I know this is not uh, they, but it says, you can't be truthful here. Give a dying man his fun. It's simultaneously shite slash heartbreaking beyond criticism. Almost unique in the Queen catalogue. Um, then it says, this is Paul. The Those other two might feel differently. And I suspect that probably, I'm going to say that, yeah, I'm going to say they probably would. Well, there's at least a chance. And even even Paul, even in, even <laughs> in his, his saying it's a champion, he says it's shite. It's a weak defense. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just going to say, yeah. If I was in court, uh, and, if I was in court, and that was the if I was in court, and that was the defense that my lawyer presented, I think I probably just asked for. I'd get yeah. the judge to say, "Can I get another lawyer, please?" You know. Leighton Brown, our friend Leighton Brown, says, "Utter pish." <laughs> Already played the "I'm dying, so let me stick my cat" song on card, and the band let him. <laughs> now, I mean, he kind of goes on, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that I wouldn't if 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 it was if I was in that situation, but let's be honest, it does not make it. A better song because of that. No, and he, and he says, and I think someone else had mentioned too. Um, Pank actually posted a, a piano of him playing uh, Delilah with a, a minor, a couple of, so I think, suspended minor chords, which made it more interesting. But uh, Layton says, you know, with it, with a decent piano backing track, maybe, maybe that would propel it upwards. But I don't know. I think it. No. I think any arrangement of this song, I, I think you're going to struggle with it, right? So, uh, Jim, stop the goats. I don't know where that's come from all of a sudden. Uh, at Curtis Sparkle says, the worst thing I ever heard Queen put out, I never want to hear this fucking war crime again. It's even worse than that awful break three thing. Break free thing. Now, 
for context for you, Randy, I know. No, that's a sta- that's a polarizing <laughs> statement. I'm not too sure how many turd emojis we've got there, but there's lots of them. Um, <laughs> Jim isn't a fan of post seventies Queen. I know that. I think that's a fairly accurate statement. So yeah, this this is sort of the culmination of the the shit fest that he sees. Um, you know, post the game, maybe. I mean, the game was eighty, but post the game Queen. So yeah. Recovering Queen podcast. See, awful track. The joint lowest score we've ever done so far. Horrible to listen to and horrible to cover. <laughs> and so I kind of I ended up commenting on the I commented on their 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 um, post here because I've not been listening to their podcast and I and not because I don't want to listen to it but because you know we've had this conversation that I want to keep my thoughts on the different songs fresh and I don't really want to be I'm trying not to be influenced by other people's opinions but i did i did go back and listen to the delilah episode and i would encourage other people to go listen to this episode and maybe i'll retweet it again because it's great and i mean god bless him i think i think it's ian who does the cover version of it and he gives it a really fucking good try but there's just again there's just no rescue in this song it's you know it's like uh it's like polishing a turd (laughs) uh paul bradbury says it's a harmless bit of whimsy Totally agree, Paul. Uh, it says, even the Beatles made room for silly songs, so I didn't vote it down for that. But it's still one of Queen's poorest songs. Production and playing is lazy, like the band have phoned it in. And that's what you, that's, that was your comment in the end, right? It's just that backing track is just really, really weak and really half-assed. Yeah, yeah. And hey, man, I'm all for, <clears throat> I'm all for a harmless bit of whimsy. But uh, it, it just, it just needs to have a little more, you know, little more bones behind it or whatever kind of word you'd like to use to describe it ian winnick says agree that it should have been kept on the album in deference to freddie having said that i don't particularly (laughs) ever want to listen to it again so as far as i'm concerned it bites the dust i'm a dog person give me paul mccartney's martha my dear (laughs) (laughs) it's a good parallel it's a good parallel though eh? Yeah, you know, because yeah, it's good, and I'm sure that I'm sure that Freddie sort of does had one eye on that song. Because, but I, I still think Martha Mighty is a bit more interesting than, than Delilah. So, Rob Meyer says, "Dust it, love Freddie and Cats, but this is very much filler." And then he says, "P.S. Rollerstepper, yeah. Rollerstepper." So that's the the podcast that I'd sort of done the intro from. So we're getting people picking up these obscure references that I'm dropping in. I have to get. I'll make them more challenging. Uh, I think. Ah, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, our friends uh, down in Australia, Queen Rocks, a bit torn on this one. Yes, it's twee, but there's plenty of cool melodic variety, and Brian's first solo is great. The backing track is demo quality, but oddly appropriate, and it has an endearing quality that Uber fans can likely appreciate. Objectively, however, this is a dust. So, yeah. Yeah, echoing a lot of the same sort of... Uh, yeah sentiments here hey that's my favorite comment so justin fotheringham says i don't know how to say booing cat but i imagine it goes like this um over top of a, a cat yeah. retching its guts out and eventually coughing up a, a pretty horrific shit gray fur ball <laughs> oh brilliant uh steven ursel champion this song is not cool and it's simple but I do uh, have a big soft spot for it. It's a lovely melody, sweet sentiment, uh, tongue-in-cheek, and above all, pure Freddy. One of my favorite moments on Innuendo is the fade-out from this into the opening riff of Hitman. And uh, you commented there, Kev. You said completely fair. And then we got a fantastic uh, Harry Potter reference from uh, from PJ there. It says, Delilah, eh? I know what to do with you. So, Brandy, well, I, I often ask you, do you know what this is a reference to? And I'm going to guess that you have no fucking clue what this is a reference to. What? Harry Potter? Okay, so Dieter, with a classic Homer Simpson gif, says, I have nothing to add to your comments on the pod. This one bites the dust. And Abby says, yeah. I personally think they should put it on the next one of those time capsules that they fire into space. This is what humanity is. I'm assuming that what, what <laughs> I'm assuming what Abby means is that if we've got to show, if we're going to show the high points, if we're going to include Chopin and say and show off a little bit, well, we've got to include the low points too. So my uh, Harry Potter <laughs> stuff here. Alice's dad says, unfortunately, it has to bite the dust. There are some interesting ideas here, but it's not up to the standard of the rest of the album, let alone every other Queen song. 
Lisa Malloy says, Queen has a couple of songs they should never have included on their albums. This is one of them. How could they use this dross but not insert Go Crazy to the works? It's always been beyond me. 100% dust for Delilah. Yeah, and I go crazy. That's a good comment because I go crazy was left off the the works album, and we'll cover that on one of our um, actually maybe the the next episode, Randy, because the next episode's a, a deep dive episode because we've got to spin the other wheel, the next one. So maybe fingers crossed we get to I go crazy because that's a it's a fun song to talk about. So Rob Patton says I don't begrudge Freddie's cat song, unlike Roger apparently, <laughs> but for all that it's a god awful track in terms of the music. I could live with the words and the solo, but not those drums and keyboards. Is there even a bass? It's just for me, but I'm happy to exist. And that's exactly where I landed. And we, I think we even talked about that with the bass. Like, it's so unremarkable that we didn't even talk yeah. about John at all during the song. No. Uh, possibly a new commenter here, Joe mm-hmm. Marie. This is Freddie's last stand after all the fights about what songs would go on albums, which ones were singles. He had a horrible song and he won, <laughs> he won a spot for it. I especially love that Roger trashes it every chance he gets. 30 years and he's still pissed. <laughs> nice. Just let it go, Rush. Let it go. Let it go, buddy. Uh, Black Pie, awful. Shouldn't uh, have been committed to tape. <laughs> Roger saw showing some taste at boycotting it. If it had come to light recently, like Face It Alone, I don't think I'd give it a second listen. Not only bites the dust, needs incinerating. <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, okay, and then fit like photography. There's silly songs, and then there's cringy songs. This is definitely the latter, obviously done to humor Freddie, which is no bad thing considering what he's going through. But this still can't redeem it. The first song you've showcased that bites the dust for me. So, again, we've had that a couple of times with I, I think maybe even last week's song and this one, um, where people said it's the first one they've dusted. So, yeah, I don't know, it's okay to do that. It's okay to, for, for a song not to be your favorite, absolutely. Uh, Dave Wilson. It's just a bit of fluff, a bit of fun, and a bloody B-side at best. B-side pod review. <laughs> you can have that. Very nice. It's definitely not the Prophet song, is it? There you go. Nice comment, Dave. So, Darren. Hello. Hey, Darren. Um, says, bites the dust. We do love our pets, but that doesn't mean you have to write a song that is so dire. <laughs> the harsh. Queen fans being harsh on this one, hey? Yeah, well, I mean, hey. There's a E.M. Ling. It fits the album. It's like Hold On on Plastic Ono. A little bit of light relief between the towering moments of self-reflection. Well, good. Hey, man. Someone's got to see the beauty in the chaos, right? Yeah, and I know um, I know he's a fan of the, you know, the Plastic Ono record, and I'm not. I still, maybe I'm just not sophisticated enough in my musical taste, Randy, but I still uh, struggle with that album. I still struggle with that album. <laughs> Too much yodeling. Uh, t- too much Yoko. <laughs> and I don't hate Yoko. Let's get that clear. I'm not a, one of those idiots who thinks that Yoko's split up the Beatles, but I mean, musically, I just... The just, Beatles. The Beatles split up the Beatles. Yeah, of course they did. Uh, Richard Hearn. The third best Queen song about cats. To put that in perspective, they did two better song with cat either in the title or as the main subject. Bites the dust for me, though I absolutely forgive others anything in terms of putting this on the album. It's not their worst. Yeah, and that's going to be a source of discussion. I think, you know, once we get to the end, we'll, I think a fun thing to do will be talk about the, the talk, uh, to talk about the weakest songs. And it's going to be in the conversation, you know, it's going to be in the conversation. So, uh, Wayne Page, maybe another new, uh, another new commenter says, it's just a bit of fun and could easily be improved, uh, in my opinion. For starters, give it a drum track rather than the drum machine. Could have done a wacky and varied drum part to keep in with the humor of the song and drive the song along instead of the swishy demo feel it has. So, another sort of person commenting about the sort of the demo quality or the, I think you'd said like the Casio tone preset <laughs> sort of feel of it. Yeah. And then Alex Small. So it should have been a B-side. It's not the worst song, as it has its moments, but unfortunately, like a lot of Queen songs, Pulse News of the World falls in the filler category. Well, there you have it. 70% of the people agreed with us, and uh, 30% of the people had cotton in their ears when they were listening to it. <laughs> do, do you want to look at a couple of their Facebook comments, Randy? Or what, what do you think? Should we, should we wrap it up on Twitter and leave it for Twitter tonight and then do Facebook next week maybe? Or what do you, what do you, what do you think? We'll see you, old hoss. Yeah, 
uh, why don't we why don't we do uh, Facebook next week and when you're back in the land of the living? That sounds good to me. Yeah, it's late here. I mean, you know, it's late. Is my favorite. Well, I shouldn't tip my hand too much. Either. One of my favorite Queen songs, but it's it's getting quite late here, so I should probably start wrapping things up because I gotta pack up and travel home tomorrow. Well, thanks, Kev, for making uh, time and your busy, busy northern schedule. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't miss this for the world, Randy. You know that. Well, you just uh, tell you what, you just give me a call when you're back in town and I'll uh, tell you where to go. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you'll tell me to go, you fucker. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, uh, Kevin, I think that we should uh, think pretty seriously about spinning that wheel and finding a song well i didn't bring it with me to recall it there's there's a problem there, therein lies the rub oh boy hmm. although i mean maybe now would be a good time to fess up randy that actually we're recording two episodes in one night which he did what? Oh. you know so i'm actually you know i was going to say it's been a week since i saw you last but it's been about uh, no minutes because i we just kind of mm-hmm. flown through yeah yeah, so I am away for work. When you listen to this, folks, or when we're rec- you know when I should be recording this, I am away for work. So this is why we have decided to record two episodes back to back, which is a lot of fun. We haven't done this before; it's something different for us as well. Um, and maybe we can, you know, purge the taste of Delilah out of our uh, out of our little tonsils <laughs> and get something a bit different. Although now we're going to get something from fucking the miracle. I guarantee it. Now my ear canal hurts after that one. <laughs> After, after Brian, after Brian's fucking chunky fucking solo, you didn't like that at all, hey? That one. Um, okay, well, let's let's go through the the rigmarole. Where I always put you through. Um, what would you, okay, so we last week? You wanted to listen to jazz. Last week, I wanted to listen to jazz. I know. This did, week, did what do you think? Come true. It did not it, come it, true. It never comes true. It's the wheel. The wheel. The wheel no. doesn't give a shit about us. No, no, the wheel. The wheel. Well, you know what. Nah, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna say, I want to hear "Play the Game" from the game. That's oh, a mate, song. Now that's a fucking great song. I'm gonna go earlier. I'm gonna go for another album that we haven't covered yet. Um, and I want to listen to a sort of a, it's kind of like a quasi punky, almost like a. Well, not quite a speed metal, but like a heavy metal thing off the first album by Roger Taylor called Modern Times Rock and Roll. That's what I'm that's what I'm uh, bidding for. So should we spin it up and see what we get? You ever spin? We're going to get the fucking Invisible Man here, aren't we? Right, let's spin this up and see what it gives us. <laughs> okay, so we're going round and round and round. Oh, we got it slowing down. And what do we got? I can't see what we're getting into. Oh, well, hello. Hello. Well, we're a week late. We are a week late. <laughs> and we're getting short. we're also getting it is a Roger Taylor song which the Roger Taylor song I was thought I was going to listen to but we're getting something from jazz finally Randy what song are we listening to this week fun it from jazz so yeah we got last week's request this week <laughs> so before we start going away and running away to the Wikipedias and the and the books and the you know the the YouTubes and all those kinds of places where we find our uh, quote unquote content, which I know that you know people who create content hate because um, it's fucking art, Randy. It's art. It's not content. But how much how much do you remember about jazz as an album? I'll take nothing for a hundred percent. Right. So obviously, Fat Bottom Girls, Bicycle Race, uh, Don't Stop Me Now. Those are the those are the singles off it. I don't know. Do I know all those. Yeah, so you know the the big ones, but yeah, so you you probably you didn't know this album. You don't think you never sort of had this album. Um, there's a really good chance. Yeah, I don't have a track okay. listing in front of me, so I okay. can't say for sure. And now a word from this week's sponsor. Friends, I got an important announcement to make. Whether you're straight, Christian, white middle class or middle aged remember that Jesus loves you it doesn't matter whether you're a wealthy corporate donor, a politician or a Russian oligarch you got Christ on your side and friends remember that God loves the straight people, that he loves the white people and he loves the rich people but also remember that they rock and roll well heck, that dares the devil's music so why don't y'all come back over to good old fashioned entertainers with family values like Ted Nugent Roseanne Barr and Toby 
All y'all try your best to be straight, white, and rich, and I'll see you in heaven just as soon as we all get there. Go to www.itsastraightwhiteworld.com. All right, we got a Roger Taylor jam here at 3 minutes 29. We got, it looks like it says Freddie uh, singing lead. With Roger. With yeah, with Roger trading off, yeah, uh, and then Brian and Roger, and we're missing uh, Deaky on this one. So this is uh, two tracks in a week where there's just three of the four recorded at Mountain Studios in Montreux, July August uh, of '78, Super Bear Studios in France, September 1978. Uh, to, uh, Roy Thomas Baker uh, doing the producing, and. Uh, what else? What else do you know about it, Kev? I think I said on a previous episode about wanting to listen to something from jazz, and I, I, I vaguely remembered mentioning that it's a very eclectic, you know, a lot of Queen albums were, but it was an eclectic album. And they were trying different things out, and this is one of the, you know, sort of the precursors to the game and Hot Space. It's the album immediately before it, and sort of it's this, it, so it's this thing of like it just sounds weird, man. Like it was one of those songs that when you listen to it and you're a Queen fan, it's like, well, this doesn't sound like anything Queen had done. But, it, but like, it's really, really out there. It's really, really different. So to me, it was sort of a, it's always been a challenging listen, this one. And, you know, again, I've, I, I know it over time and I'll, we'll talk about it a bit more. But The Game was the first album where Queen, you know, printed on the sleeve that they'd use synthesizers. Mm-hmm. When in fact, really, Jazz was the first album because Roger Taylor used... You know what was it called? The syndrome, or what was it called? Sorry, Randy, the the Pollard syndrome. Are you no. aware of that piece of kit? No, no, I'm not. It's yeah, it, it wasn't a synth as much as it was a, a a pad, right? A drum pad of some kind. Yeah, but isn't that a synth still? It's still not an acoustic sound. It's still, you know what I mean? Like, would would yeah. you draw the line on that? Would you draw the line on that? Because that's, I think that's an interesting conversation, actually. Like, you know, it, so if you send your guitar through an amp you're processing the sound of course are you synthesizing the sound there is that mm. synthesized sound because unless you're playing an acoustic yeah i don't know like so i don't know where that line really is well uh, you know i don't know i mean <laughs> if there's any technical definition but to to my to my mind uh, a, a synth is something that you play like a piano that doesn't yeah. give you piano sounds it gives you other sounds that are are artificial, uh, you know, in in nature. That that's what I would call a synth. I would not call a drum pad a synth. I would call it a, a drum pad. Yeah, and Queen all the songs mentions about um, you know, the the syndrome thing, and you know, one of the early versions was the Simmons, and here it says that you know the most famous uses of these instruments were Prince, Depeche Mode, and you know, in Indo China in France and Kraftwerk in Germany, but. Looking at those that you sort of, I, I think that that sort of leans into pop users of synth drums, where I would say one of the most, sort of the most striking uh, visible people using was Phil Collins, man. Like I remember Phil, you know, Invisible Touch and that, that kind of area where he was, he really leaned into that sound. And I know that jazz was 78, but it wasn't that long until Phil Collins started incorporating that into his, into a rock sound as well, right? So used sparingly. And again, we'll get into it on this 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 song. You sparingly, it, it accents it well, and it's, it's a good thing to use. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that whole claim that we don't use synths when you start to bring in electronic drums. I think there's a bit of a there's a discussion to be had around that. I think maybe. Yeah. Well, there you go. You're stirring the pot, Kev. Well, and you know, stir the pot. Well, if if the pot's there, why why would you not stir it? It's like having a big button say "Don't press." Of course, you're gonna fucking press it. See what happens, right? The Syndrome is the first commercially available electronic drum. There we go. Invented in 1976. So it was around for a long time. Well, and we've definitely talked about that before in a previous episode. If something comes out and it's new and it's fun and it's interesting, of course musicians are going to want to use it. Well, and as I'm sure I probably stated before too, especially if you were if you were queen level or any band of any level even now, uh, a company makes a new piece of equipment, they send them to you for free. Yeah. They want you to record with them. They want you to use them because that's how they sell their gear. So of course, of course they're going to be experimenting all the time. That's, that's also part of being a musician. It's also the fun of being a musician, right? I'd be curious about that because 
I wonder if that would because I know that de- like you said we, that definitely happens where you know companies will send equipment, but I'd be curious about that with Queen because Queen was such a very st- they were sticklers about that and to the point where every album, including jazz, said that no synthesizers were used, where they were very adamant that they that wasn't their bag. So I'd be it would be interesting if this Pollard company, or I think it was the Pollard Syndrome company, sent Queen an electronic drum. That's a bit of a ballsy move, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. Uh, yeah, Joe Pollard invented it, and he was a session drummer with the Beach Boys. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's a bit of pedigree, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. God, that'd be a weird mix. Electronic drums and a Beach Boys track. Ugh, that'd be a bit disconcerting, well, maybe. There's there's electronic drums in so many tracks that you didn't ever think there were, you know? So uh, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't be that, you know, I wouldn't be that surprised. Okay, well, I'll ask you quickly. I mean, I, I don't think we did before when we spun it up, but I'm, I'm assuming you don't know this song. Well, I'm going to have to hear it. This is definitely right. probably some of the era of Queen that I, I do know. Uh, like you were saying, uh, some of the songs on this album, uh, I I know, you know. There's a there's a real chance that I'm uh, that I might know this, but but I, okay. I make no guarantees. Well, why don't we put that to the test and start listening to Fun It? Hit it. You're smiling, Mr. Woods. <laughs> I see the good or bad. <laughs> yeah, those drums have a sound. <laughs> they're definitely producing sounds. They're definitely they're definitely creating a sine wave. They're definitely giving good signal to the mixing board. <laughs> All right. Continue. Should do a good time. All right. Everybody. I wonder what that is. That is that just a pad, or like a re- some sort of on the, on the drum kit? Like it? A... Yeah, yeah. It could it could be. Yeah, it could be just a pad a a, a pad off of the kit. Not a pad, but a, a different drum sound. It's a weird one too, though, right? Because again, with something like this, you know, you're getting this this fairly flat, and it's almost like that. It's that Billy Jean thing, right? It's that Billy Jean groove. Totally. Um, but to add that in is it's like well let's hey guys let's listen to this weird thing that i just found on this this drum machine where can we use it use it fucking everywhere roger sprinkle it in liberally you know like (laughs) i always think that's a bit it's there so let's put it in where it doesn't i doesn't necessarily need to be in there i don't fucking know (laughs) like hey hey rog like if you think you're using too much of it then like just go like you know go (laughs) just go all the way all yeah just more (laughs) If you think you've got enough, then you need more. Monsieur, what is your bet? I'm going all in. <laughs> all the chips. Don't it. Find it. Can't you see? Now you're moving free. Get some fun. Join our dynasty. Can't you tell? So here's the thing, and I, I don't know if I picked up on this when I was a kid, but Dynasty. In England, or most of England, I would say, it's not pronounced Dynasty. It's pronounced Dynasty. Okay. And so how did he said, pronounce it? Well, he said Dynasty, so I think that's partially that American influence that creeps in because they've been touring the States, and obviously there's a, a bit of this, the way this song leans... It's sort of that precursor to hot space, and everyone, you know, all Queen fans know that this is kind of, you know, it's it's hot space before we had hot space. But it's that sort of leaning into, okay, well, how can we change the sound to get into tap into that American market? And of course, they went full bore on that with the game. But I wonder if that's kind of a nod to that as well. You know, they've been in America and they hear the this weird pronunciation of this word that we don't say that way. Freddie Mercury certainly wouldn't have said dynasty as a native English speaker. He definitely would have said dynasty with his, you know, with his diction and his sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. The way he was talking English, so. yeah, as a, that didn't even that didn't even register 
but I also didn't know what a, a last week, what a, what do you call that fancy couch? Oh, a Chippendale suite. A Chippendale. Yeah. See, yeah. so, so, I mean, you know, they weren't concerned about that then. So, so who knows? Yeah. I, I guess at some point that I had to say, okay, how the fuck are we going to pronounce this? I'm like, are we going to go dynasty or no dynasty? <laughs> I would say that suggests that maybe dynasty just sang better. So absolutely, and because dynasty, yeah. just just in terms of because dynasty yeah. sounds a bit, yeah, that's a bit awkward and a bit clanky, yeah. right? Yeah, often often words too. You you know your lyrics can be clunky, uh, but they but they sing great, right? So, you know, I would say like you know Beck is a pretty great example of that. Yeah, right? well, tons of artists will just bend syllables and fuck around yeah. with with that flow just to make it make it sound better because you know that's it's, yeah. it's a song. It's not it's not an essay. It's not going to be peer reviewed. You know, this is not going to the Oxford Union for review, Randy. You know, calm down over there is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for thanks for keeping me in check, buddy. Uh, well, I'm 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 here for you. I'm here for you. So I know you're a guy who likes a bit of funk, Randy. What do you think about that groove? It it, it it's it's a good groove. It's a good groove. I, I don't you know. I would say, you know, if we're going to, does it qualify as funk? I would say it's just on the outer rims of what you could allow to be called funk. Uh, right. And there's somebody out there policing this. I don't know who it is. <laughs> the funk but police. no, it's, <laughs> yeah, but no, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, and I don't know if you've, if you've noticed too, but there's quite a bit of chorus on his guitar and there's also really lots of chorus on, on the vocals, the vocals yeah. as well. I noticed too, though, that they're, the, they're, riding, the bit... they're riding that pony. Yeah. Well, and the bass and the leader, the playing the, the bass and the and the rhythm guitar are playing the same thing. Yeah. So there's not because I think that's you know something that you would say with funk. Well, that's not common where the bass is following the the rhythm guitar exactly. Quite often, a little bit syncopated, right? So it's kind of giving something a little bit more. Yeah. Am I just totally yeah. off base with that, Randy? Because I'm not a funk. I'm not a funkster. You're well, a funkster. Uh, I'm not a funkster. Yeah. No. It, it's it. It's not. It's not. Uh... I mean, you know, like I said, it's, you know, how do you want to define it? The ba- that's not that uncommon, I would say. But uh, okay, either way, either way, you know what? All of that what we just said, yeah, it's a pretty cool little groove. So again, you've got that cool thing where you've got Roger leading on the verse and then Freddie with that sort of, whether it's a pre-chorus or something, and then you get this bit where they're they're both in there. So again, vocally, again, vocally that's, that's interesting. You know, it's a good dynamic. It just adds a bit of texture to it that in a fairly flat song where there's not a whole bunch going on instrumentally, you get a little bit of dynamics just from the vocal arrangement. And, you know, you got to say, I got to say that Freddie and raj sound pretty great together oh fuck I, I that's one thing that they didn't do this often enough where yeah. they could have brought raj in on more of that stuff especially with a song like this yeah because he's again yeah they sound so great together and i i i know for a fact i've said this and i guess i'll say it what the fuck one more time <laughs> in in, a, in any other band roger would have been the lead vocalist and he'd have been a great one and he is a great one but you know when you play with freddie it's like oh well you know Jesus. <laughs> It's that much better. <laughs> it's like it's like saying, "Hey, hey, Chopin, I'll take lead piano on this one." Do you just fucking sit? Yeah. Down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve Vai, just sit down. Randy's going to take a fucking solo here, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what they did at G three, and I don't know. Just let Steve Vai play because that's more interesting. So. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know if you have the lyrics in front of you. Do you have the lyrics in front of you? I do. So, what do you think of the lyrics? Yeah, it's it's it's, you know, yeah. There's no no ground being broken. Uh, not terrible. Not saying much. Yeah, it's like a party tune, right? Yeah. So I I guess that that sort of 
better than lady like, lumps. Oh, oh for Christ! I mean, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Fuck! I remember. So what, they came through here. Jesus, we were still living in our old house, so that would have been oh, like fucking 13, 14 years ago. Black Eyed Peas came through Saskatoon, and Karen wanted to go. My wife wanted to go, and I didn't want to go, but you know, she bought a pair of tickets, and I was on the hook for that because she didn't have else to go with. Now, thankfully, our neighbor across the street really wanted to go, and so she picked up this extra ticket because. I just I couldn't, didn't want to spend any time listening to those people play. I'm sure it would have been like a good atmosphere and everything else, but the music's awful to me. To my what, you're ear. To, what you're trying to say is you didn't have a feeling. I did. I, that's is that a reference to a Black Eyed Peas song? <laughs> yes, oh no, is. that's not that awful. I think <laughs> I, I know which one it is now. And I don't like that song either. Anyway, yeah, not not the Beatles song, obviously. But I, the the point being, eventually, someone I'd gone online and sort of expressed my distaste for the music. And someone's like, "Oh well, you know, what's her name? What's the Fergie? Right? Is that that's the girl's name? Right? That's right. Oh, but you you, you get to see Fergie sings. I'm like, oh man, I can look at photos of her. I want to just admire her body, but I don't need to listen to the caterwauling, frankly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good lord. It's very difficult to masturbate with all that going on. You know, always the class act, Brown. <laughs> All right, so we'll get more into that at the end, but we'll we'll carry on with the song for a bit. Randy, do you think that whole thing is electronic drums? Because that snare sounds, I don't know, it kind of sounds like a real snare to me here and there. I, I think it's all, all, all electronic. You think it all is? I do, yeah. Don't get a rave whistle in ma- very many 1978 rock songs. <laughs> Not a ton of them, you know. A, a, a rave whistle, it, like so. If someone blows a whistle during a song, it's a rave whistle. Is that what? Is that how that works? Well, that's kind of that's got, I don't know, it's got that kind of connotation to, it, especially a song like this. Well, I've never heard that. I've never heard that before, so I don't know what you're even talking about. So, oh, but, oh, but you... I could tell you this, Kev. If you listen to funk, which you don't, it's <laughs> pretty common in funk to have a, to okay. blow a whistle. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let me just bring you into the world of um, of raves, Randy, please. Yeah, I know you're a big raver. Oh, well, I well, I was never a raver, but I had a friend who was a big raver who, you know, introduced me to the one time that I tried ecstasy, um, and didn't enjoy it because it just made me run around like a fucking twat for about twelve hours and then feel very very tired for another about forty eight. So I just didn't enjoy that. I don't understand why you would do that to yourself when you get a perfectly good buzz of alcohol. Anyways, but in a rave. It's just all it's pounding, horrible, shitty dun, 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 dance music. And then you get these twats with no shirts and, you know, the the luminous fucking day glow things blowing whistles all over in your face. And it's very annoying <laughs> and unnecessary. But I always think of that when I listen to this song. So... Oh, that's funny. Well, I've never, the, this is this is news to me that raves and whistles were associated i had no yeah. idea <laughs> i think i'm now going to try and get annoying hashtag annoying day glow twat trending on twitter that's my new aim for 2023 <laughs> oh jesus murphy all right well let's let's do a bit more of this song <laughs>
Okay, so before we vote and do all that kind of stuff, Randy, what we should do, as we did last week, and we're going to start doing now for the pod, is we're going to listen to Funny again. Uh, just so that you can hear it all the way through, you know, in one go, without kind of me chopping and changing and starting and stopping and interjecting with meaningless, pointless information. So we'll do that, and then we'll come back, and then we'll vote. How does that sound? Sounds like a plan, buddy. So my question for you, Randy, because I think that I went first last week, is, as a funkster, if I may call you that, Sir Funks a lot, um, which this song we've identified maybe isn't quite funk, in, in your opinion, and you are the arbiter of funk in our relationship, does this one bite the dust for you, or is it one of the champions? Well, Kevin, after very, very careful consideration, I'm going to say... Two in a row, Randy. You've downvoted two in a row. You're going to lose your queen card. I know. I know. And I'm probably going to get called Mr. Randy on that one, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I think I've got some, I think I've got some reasons to back it up. But you know what I got to do? I have to ask. Well, I mean, you're the only one here, so I have to ask you. <laughs> is this a champion or does this one bite the dust? Well, you know. It's a Roger song. It's off jazz. So I will say. Okay, so Randy, we both voted. Um, we both downvoted this one. And again, this is two weeks in a row we've both downvoted this song, which I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm scared about Twitter after this one because. I'm a little bit scared too. There's a faction of Twitter that loves this song or the Queen fan base that loves this song. There's another faction. Maybe there's, maybe there's no faction. Maybe we're going to get roasted about this, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, but tell me what your rationale or your reasons were for for downvoting Funnit. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I think it's pretty simple. I think it's pretty simple for me why I downvoted it, uh, because as you've stated, I, I really am a, a funk guy, and I and I love I, I love I love grooves, and 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 that that's really what kind of floats my boat. And and I would say that this has that, but what I what I think it's really fundamentally missing is just is just being a, a good song. It's just missing <laughs> it's just missing that being a good song part. Yeah. Uh, and of course, obviously, this that's you know that's subjective, but I just feel like I just feel like it just leaves me like, just really me, leaves me feeling like I didn't really get a a, a really good finished product. I I don't think the the, the chorus is terribly strong and. Uh, and obviously, I you know I love Roger's vocal and I love Freddie's vocal. You know, it's all it's all performed well, played well. That's just my main. That's just my that's just my problem with it. And now I know for some people it's that's not going to be a problem, but uh, but for me it is. So uh, what about you, Kev? What's your thoughts? Okay, so I'm going to throw some Saturday Night Live at you here, a, re a reference from Saturday Night Live. Anyway, mm -hmm. to me, this is a night at the Roxbury. Okay. So, a night at the Roxbury was a very, very funny sketch that they would do every now and again on Saturday Night Live, and then they made a movie of it. But there wasn't and nearly enough content in it to make a movie of it. It not just enough it dragged on, and after a while, you thought, "Oh dear, they're just this is this is an idea that didn't actually ever really go anywhere." And no one said, "Yeah, don't do that. That it's it's not going anywhere." So, to me, this is always one of those songs that, it, again, it's that precursor to where they would go with Hot Space. Yeah. It's that it's that first inclination that Queen has got a bit more in the locker than prog rock, rock, you know, the stuff like Seaside Rendezvous and and Mel My Melancholy Blues and, and some of the other different stuff they did, but now they could go in more into this pop space and more into a dance kind of area. But it just doesn't really ever get anywhere to me. And I'll tell you, Randy, I've always, even as a kid, even as an, an uneducated, snotty-nosed, fucking son of a descendants of pit miners in Wigan circa 1978 i hated that line don't shun it fun it because to me it's just a it's such a lazy yeah it's, such it's a lazy run yeah yeah it's 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 really a bit of a cop-out to me it sounds like someone had this really good groove of a bolt to bucket, bucket, yeah bucket. exactly you know yeah mean? it's like hey that's great let's write something around that but then they kind of forgot to write a chorus and <laughs> and you know and there's no B section, right? So it's a it's a demo. Is it? Yeah, exactly. It's got that feel of well, I've got this idea, but what can we do with it? Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of didn't get finished, but for some reason, someone said, "Well, let's just put it on there anyway." 
Yeah, it, it's you know it's what I mean. Like, like, yeah, it's like it got the you know the the good enough badge of approval. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. Well, and that's where, especially in the seventies, Queen never really had to rely on good enough. No, I know. So consistently brilliant. Like, why are you why are you settling? Yeah, and that's also a precursor for somewhat to the eighties where they. Again, we'll get into some of that. They they tended to settle a bit, and which, as, as you've said lots, right? No musician ever sets out to write a bad song or record a bad song and or include a bad song on the album. They loved it at the time, and blah 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 blah. But I, that's was just going to add. I, I would I would say I'm sure that probably all involved thought, oh fuck, this is fucking great work, fucking killing it here. Yeah. But you know, you, you don't know. You don't know until you put it out and uh, you sit back and you hear what people say and you live with it yourself a little bit and you go, oh. Hmm. Actually, maybe that's not that great. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into this a bit too when we, we cover some of the other songs on jazz, but there are definitely, I think there are also production issues with this song where if you think about Another One Bites the Dust, which has got a real, that's got a you know definite sort of funk dance kind of groove to it, yep. but it just sounds good. There's so yep. much punch on that bottom end where it lacks, this song lacks that. There's no beef to it. You know what I mean? It's just a bit stringy and flat and maybe it's just a case of if you're going to use these new electronic drums and you don't quite know exactly how to patch them into the soundboard or to get the frequencies you need i don't know on the, on the production side it just feels it lacks a bit of oomph to me yeah yeah it, it certainly does that's uh very difficult to describe oomph factor not there it's 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 what the French would call it's that certain I don't know what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Those French they got a word for everything. <laughs> Apart from they have no, as George Bush once famously said, the problem with the French is they have no word for entrepreneur. <laughs> Geniuses. But even so, it even says in this uh, the complete works book that um, talking about this song specifically. For once, Roger was unimpressed, telling Mojo Magazine in 2008, my songs were very patchy. You know, there's a bit of honesty. In fact, if you want my honest opinion, jazz never thrilled me. It was an ambitious album that didn't live up to its ambition. And I think this is, I, I get that. And there are some, again, some massive highlights on jazz. Yeah. But there are some things that just don't land. And for me, again, there's lots of Roger lovers out there. And I I love all of you. And I, I've said this before, Roger Taylor's one of my top five favorite drummers of all time um but this song just doesn't do it for me it never has done yeah yeah well i think we've really just talked the shit out of this one man we yeah. we, we we're just not impressed and uh and it's only because we expect so much more exactly especially yeah. again especially i always go back to it's queen in the 70s queen in the 80s I, that we've got to sort of have a conversation about lots of things with Queen in the 80s, but Queen in the 70s were, that's, you know, that's my Queen, man. That's the band I fucking fell in love with, dude. Yeah. And this just doesn't land. But see, I'll do a quick, we'll do a quick game here, Randy. So I'm going to uh, ask you how many times you think Queen played this live? And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three options. Give me some parameters. Okay. So obviously, uh, Jazz comes out in 78. Queen had done touring in 86. So there's only eight years that they're going to have the opportunity to play this song. So did they play this song 17 times, 91 times, or 57 times? What would you guess? I'm going to guess 17, Kevin. Well, you're out by 40, my friend, because they played this 57 times. Um, oh. Between 78 and 79, which would have been the jazz tour, they basically they basically played it on uh, in every gig in the jazz tour, more or less. Well, you know what I was going to say, and you know maybe this is something that we could look into too. I, I I bet you their live version is is probably better than the recorded version. They probably well, I mean I don't know for sure, but maybe they took it somewhere. Maybe you know maybe Brian is a a lights out face melter or something. I don't know. Because like I said, it's a good groove, and I could see how this would in a live setting would be pretty cool. Okay, well, I'm going to throw this out to our listeners because I've just Googled it very quickly. I mean, very cursorily. I don't see a live version of Funnit coming up immediately. Right. So if anyone knows of a live version that we can listen to from the jazz tour, 
Yeah. And this is something we talked about where we're hoping that the Queen opens the vaults a bit more often and gives us content from content, sorry, shit. Gives us some of the concerts from these years we don't have them from. Um, it'd be great to hear that. Yeah. Cause if you think again, like Roger with a real kit, adding a bit more fucking balls to that bottom end. Yeah. Deaky, you know, flailing around a bit more could have been, could have been cooler, but yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, should we wrap it up there, Andy? I think this would probably be a pretty good point, uh, you know, seeing as we've made all the points that we had. Yeah. And they're very good points, Randy. They all are good points. points. Valid points. Interesting <laughs> points. In informed? Less so, but, you know. Yeah. No, nobody's claiming that we're accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will be, I'll be back for Mikalowicz, unless I've been eaten by a polar bear. And you know what? Here's my here's what I want you to do with my legacy, Randy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I die by the hands of a polar bear or the paws, the paws of a polar bear, mm -hmm. I, I just want just keep this going. I'd like to keep this podcast going in my memory and clear your browser history. And uh, of course, I mean it's it's mainly, it's mainly incognito browsing, so you know, ain't, ain't nobody got fucking time for that shit. So, I got but yes, yeah, you have my back and my throat, which I, I thank you for always. So let's. Stop this nonsense because we're just fucking talking endlessly for no reason at all now. And we'll give the last word, as we always do, on Seaside Pod Review to Freddie Mercury. Thanks for listening. Ah, uh, bye-bye. Man, man, fun it can suck it. Or at least Kev and I gave it the old heave-ho. It's like a salad with wilted lettuce. What do you think about fun it? Does it suck it? Let us know on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review or on Twitter at Queen Seaside. And if you got some time, check out the old Deep Dive Podcast Network. You'll love it. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss, Kevy. Seaside Pod Review. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.